Here at Early Excellence, we specialise in early childhood education. We offer expert advice and guidance through training, consultancy and classroom design. With the Early Excellence podcast, we aim to inspire and support you as well as challenge your thinking. So if that's what you're looking for, you've come to the right place. Hello everybody, Andy Burt here. Welcome along to episode 102 of the Early Excellence podcast. In this week's episode, we talk to Sarah Adams from Sandy Hill Academy in Cornwall, which is part of the Aspire Trust. As part of the conversation, we talk about all sorts of things, really. We talk about Sarah's experience as an early career teacher. She's just new to working in the nursery, and we talk about her experience so far. So lots to listen to here, lots that I think you'll find really interesting and useful. Here you go. Here's my Early Excellence podcast chat with Sarah Adams. Hello and lovely to see you. How are you? Hello. I'm very well, thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Very good. Well, it's good to have you. It's really good to have you. Um, so let's. we're going to talk about... Um, your time as an early career teacher, because you're, you're in your first year of teaching, started in September. Yes. Yes, started in September as your first year of teaching. And so I wanted to catch up with you, really, just to, to give us an insight into what that's like for you. It's many years since I was a, an ECT. In fact, I wasn't an ECT. I was a newly qualified mm. teacher in those days, many, many years ago. So... For you, what's it what's it like? That's what we're going to be talking about. That's what we're going to be finding out about. And I, I'm sure lots of the things that you say will will strike a chord with with people who listen along to the podcast. Absolutely. So let's get started. Before we before we kind of get into your time so far as an ECT, um, can you tell us a bit about yourself? You know, so Whereabouts you currently teach? So, what's what's mm. what Sandy Hill is like as a school? A bit of context, um, the year group that you're teaching, when you started, all of that sort of information. Absolutely. Um, so, um, well, I am a mature teacher, so I decided to get into teaching much later. So, I've already had a career um, before this, um, but I always wanted to be a teacher. So, um, you know, I have had a family, so I've got four children of my own. Um, my eldest is currently at um, university studying maths now. So now I just thought it was my time to change my career and do something for me. Um, and as I said, I always wanted to do it when I left school. So I went to Plymouth University and then I retrained. Um, I did a degree in education. So I have got a degree in maths many years ago, but I felt doing a PGCE on the end of a maths degree that I'd done over 20 years ago um, put me a bit out of the field. Yeah. <laughs> so um, so I re did a new degree in education. I wanted to understand the backbone of education before mm -hmm. I took the leap into it. Um, so that's what I did. I came and did that at Plymouth University and then completed my PGC last year again at Plymouth University. So fantastic. See, I'm curious now, what was your previous occupation? What was your previous career? Well, so my previous career, I was a plumber. Were so you? Wow. We have a family plumbing and heating engineer business. See, so that's quite, yes. a, quite a change. A very, very big change, yes. Wow. Um, was there a, was there one specific moment where you suddenly made up your mind that you were going to go into teaching or do you feel that it was a gradual thing? Um, it was a gradual thing. Um, it's always something I've wanted to do. And I've always um, had apprentices and had that teaching through our business, um, bringing on the next um, generation of plumbers, etc. But um Stepping out of the family business, you know, we've we've sold up and both moved on and both into more um, academic roles now. So, mm. yeah, so just a small change, but a big change at the same time. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. OK, so you've you've moved on from your previous occupation, from your, your from your mm -hmm. previous career. You've 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 made that your mind up to go into teaching. Um, 
at what stage did you decide, actually, I want to go into early years teaching? Was that something that you did once you qualified or was it a part of the course? Or, or maybe did you have that idea before you even went into any of it? Was that the first thing you thought of maybe? Well, no, not really. Um, so um, whilst I was at university, I really, I really liked the diverse sort of paths you could take through education, not necessarily in a school, you know, it could be anywhere um, in social care and all sorts. So um, I love research. So I like, I delve into sort of like little areas and then I've tried to narrow it down as I go. Once I got into my PGCE, I knew I wanted to be in primary education. So um, I had explored lots of different options through my degree. So I was felt privileged um, in that way, because sometimes I think if you, say, do a degree in teaching specifically, you kind of already can be pigeonholed. And mm. I just had that fortunate um, you know, area in the education degree that I could broaden things. But I still came back to primary teaching from that, um, which was, was wonderful. And then I did my first placement. Um, in a very rural um, school on Bodmin Moor, and um, and the, we had Key Stage Two all in one class, so we had Year Three, Four, Five, and Six, um, which I absolutely loved as well. So um, so I was like keen to explore all of those sort of areas, um, and then the class next door was the EYFS class, and I kind of found myself dipping over there, and then oh, do you need some help? And I was just like. There's so little and you could just see all of the things that were happening um, over there. And you could see clearly in this school where one key stage finished and then the next key stage picked up and then moved on um, yeah. because it was so small. I could really see those um, the definitions. So then I went into my second placement in PTCE and it was a year one class. Um, in a um, quite low socioeconomic area. And that's when I started really like having a love of the much younger curriculum and the exploration that you could have in, in all of those areas. Um, and just the, just the children that come in just have that love of just being there and wanting yeah. to learn and all of those yeah. things. And so, um, so that's, yeah, as I've gone through my training, I've got younger and younger and younger. <laughs> but that's great that you enjoy that, you know, and I that really, and, really enjoy yeah, it. And that it's something that you've sought out um, because I think certainly in my experience, I think there are kind of almost like two, two types of people who work in primary schools and there's one type of person who really enjoys being in the early years and sees the possibilities and the, how interesting and fascinating it is and the creativity of it and so on. And then another sort of person who actually doesn't really want to be in there at all and um, will walk yeah. in and then walk out fairly quickly and doesn't yeah. like the dis maybe the disorder of it, perhaps, or the, the unpredictability of it. Um, Absolutely. I like probably would, would have been that person at university. I'm like, no, I need the older ones. I need, <laughs> you know, I need to be able to say, we're doing this, 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 deliver it. Um, but it does not work like that at all, as I found. No, that's not thing. at all. Yeah. And so um, being in the environment, you can just see the wonderful possibilities that just comes from every tiny little moment that happens is uh -huh. such a big thing um, in the early years, just from the simple uh, child playing somewhere and taking something that you've shown them previously and then they're using that in a different area. Just, it is quite magical. So it's something I've, definitely would like to stay in I don't think I'd want to be out of early years now well that's the thing I think it it is very much an area of education that kind of gets under your skin a little bit and yeah. that it, it becomes part of what you do and it's one of those things that um to me anyway is always interesting you know it's and and you know I'm in the years and years and years that I've I've been around and worked in early years education um, I still find it fascinating, you know, watching a child who's engaged 
watching a child have an idea and then seeing them carrying that idea out, looking for what materials they might need, looking for what resources they might need, seeing seeing learning happening in a almost in a kind of a uh, that sort of raw. Mm-hmm. really energetic sort cool. of uh, that, mm. that kind of really at the edge of being children being at the edge of what they can do it's fascinating to watch that happening that and, and so yeah it's it's something that very much draws you in i think yeah and you don't you don't have that teacher over child sort of scenario it the child teaches me just as much because i can't do the next thing until that child has taught me what they already know or what they are exploring or the words that they can use. I I don't know what the next day is going to bring for me to enhance that. So it is definitely a two-way thing um, in EYFS and I am learning, I think, far more at the moment. (laughs) Yes, and you're absolutely right. You can't go into it with too much already if you like pre-planned you can you can have an idea of where you're going with it you can have an overview of where you're going in terms of what you want the children to learn etc etc but at the same time on a day-to-day basis actually you've really got to be observing and engaging with the children to really find out more about them to find out more about what they can do what they're interested in what they're fascinated by the sorts of learning behaviors that you can see in order that you can then move forward with the children. And it is about that. You're right, it is a, about a two-way process. Mm-hmm. It's about a learning relationship being formed between you and the child and the child and the adults. You know, it's it's very much that kind of learning relationship. Absolutely. Yeah, that's, what, it sounds like you've got off to a great start, I have to say. <laughs> well, have we're having to... lots of fun, and that yeah. is what um, I think I'm learning the most. Yes. Is, it is is about having all the fun and yeah. um and the children enjoying coming in every day yeah and that's what i'm loving the most is yeah. the just they come in the gate and they're ready they're they're just, they're just coming in with all of their things waddling in and they just are happy and that's yeah. heartwarming yeah. then the, the thing is that the, the children will respond to the adults so if you know, and they take their cues from the adults quite often. So if they can see that you are genuinely interested and mm-hmm. genuinely enjoying being there and that you're having fun yourself and you're enjoying it, then actually, you know, that's such a good starting point. It gives you such a strong foundation for building relationships with them. Absolutely. Um, but also, to, you know, for them to come and show you something or for them to come and tell you something that also made them laugh or was interesting to them or whatever it might be, you're kind of you're already kind of blurring that boundary between the adult and the child in a, in a more formal sense. It is, and, yeah. And engaging with them. To Trust is, a, is such an important part of, especially for my learning um, journey myself, is mm. establishing that trusting relationship with each and every child. You can have your trust of your class, and, and, and as a class they'll do um, – pretty much everything that you're asking them but that every child has that different sort of nurturing need and when you can just break through that little trust barrier with each and every one of them then they open up and we can we can move forward we can then have the fun and we can um, have all of those instructional things that we need to happen for them to have a happy day and to have a successful day then um we, we have to break that barrier first, I found. And so, and that takes time. So establishing those really early routines and, you know, just having familiar adults around and just having fun um, mm. so that they can just let down their guard just a little bit and let you get in and trust. Um, and then everything else comes afterwards. But I do find, you know, nothing is achievable before that point. It's it's all built on relationships, isn't it? And I think the effective practice that you see, it's always built on strong, trusting relationships. And without that, it becomes very difficult. You know, if, if that, you know, if you, if children don't trust uh, and don't, um, don't want to engage with the adults if you haven't spent time building that relationship then children will just move away 
you know, yeah. children will move away from where, wherever you've just appeared as an adult, yeah. they will move away from you if you yeah. haven't built up that relationship. Exactly. But spending that time building that relationship is never wasted time, I think. No, it's it's always wasted. valuable. And it's just as valuable to take two steps back and then move forward and not have it in my mind, oh, you know, we're at this point and we should be at this point now. I've kind of let go of that so yes. much now I think coming into it on first day you think you need to be doing this this and this whereas yes those things do need to happen but they're never at the same pace you think they're going to happen um and they're all child dependent and every child is different so each one of those happens on a different day and so yeah. I did learn very early on to leave those things behind and just think actually it's okay to go back a couple of steps today yeah. and you know, try it again, try it a different way. And then you tend to move on a little bit quicker when you need to um, with with that child because you can break down barriers in a different way. So it's, yeah, it's been actually really, really lovely. Yeah. I've got a lovely cohort. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's really interesting. I think um, just going back to what you were saying just before about that idea of relationships and that trust, um, we talk a lot, I think, in the early years about, particularly at the moment, about communication and language skills in young children and vocabulary, etc. Um, but of course, all of that, you know, if you're going to learn new words, new vocabulary, if you're going to learn communication skills, then actually you've got to have that relationship, first of all, with the person, with the other person or the other people yeah. around you. You, you know, have. all of that is built on that relationship, first of all, isn't it? Yeah, so, absolutely. so yeah, I, I, yeah, all of that. I, and, and taking time and valuing that is important. No, absolutely. And it's, I think and it's great that you've already got to that conclusion. Well, yeah. And the, the children that are coming to me now are, are nursery age. They're three and four years old. And these children are... Their, their world is their parents and their family unit around, and that is it. And they've gone, they've gone from this world and maybe a play center or uh, soft play and things, or maybe a restaurant, but then they're coming to this huge nursery with all of these other children, and, and that vocabulary isn't there. The communication yes. for that is not there. And so we have to, it does need to dip in right back so that... Um, we learn from where the parents stop and school starts that, that that's a massive bridge to work on in the in the very first term yeah at least yeah yeah so you mentioned the nursery um mm. do you have a straight nurse, nursery class or do you have nursery and reception as a mixed class so we have a straight nursery class. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So, and, um, and, and is that a big nursery? How, what sort of size are we talking? Um, well, yeah. So we have a we have a big space. We're very very fortunate to have a, a very big space. Um, and currently, at the moment, we have um, thirty children that attend the morning or all day session, and then we have thirty one in the afternoon. So we've got thirty seven children altogether. Yes. Yeah. Is, again, though, you know, it's that's a big undertaking to to have to to be running that as a. As, a, as an early career teacher, I think, you know, that's a lot to take on board. Um, and that's not always valued, I think, you know, that's not always appreciated how much of the logistical work somebody who's teaching within the nurse, within a nursery does, mm. you know, organising numbers of children, ratios, etc. Staffing, mm. there's, a, there's such a lot to it, isn't there? So there's yeah. a, you know, even more so than if you were working within, say, a straight reception class. So yeah, logistical I did management. Find that um, I don't think I anticipated it as much in the beginning. Um, uh, as we've gone through, I've oh God, the amount of things you've had to learn all the way through. But like, say, the logistics of it and the administration of it um, is early on quite a big percentage. Um, but I think I what I learned the most was that the teaching isn't the same as throughout the school. The teaching mm. part isn't, um, you know, facilitated through teacher at the front of the classroom and, and delivering. The teaching is having those conversations, is, oh, you know, I'm taking my coat off now and, and this is how I do it. And, and those are the, it's just the conversation. So 
the your time is just split differently. Um, you know, all of those things can still be achieved mm. and done. Um, it's just different from how your my teaching course would have taught me this is how most yeah. teaching is done. And I've kind of had to mm-hmm. undo all of that slightly to adapt to yeah. um, work in the nursery. I've just got really, really strong early years team here. So it's really, really good collaboration for us to have yeah. a an event for moving forward <laughs> yeah no absolutely so um so talk us through then so you've got this big nursery environment mm-hmm. did it have you made any changes to it is it is it the same as it was when you first came into the space have you developed it mm-hmm. you know can you talk us through the space itself i guess if you've already got a team there in place then then actually to a certain extent it would already be established yeah so um well, yes, I did. I managed to come in for a, a few weeks before the um, term started in September. So I came for some time in July with the old nursery teacher who's um, moved forward in um, in within the school, and then um, just well learned learned the practice, learned what was going on, learned um, what was happening with the early excellence sort of. Um, set up and all of the furniture and the resources how it's used and then just gave me some really delicious sort of things to work with over the summer on how I was going to um, develop my own practice because it's it's easy to to kind of step into someone's planning and just read off what they have established already but I'm I question everything and I'm I'm a kind of person who's just like, well, why is that? And <laughs> I don't understand why do you do that? And why is that book on there? And I, I need the rationale behind things. And so um, I've tried to unpick everything that is on, um, we use like roadmaps um, for our curriculum where we can easily see, you know, where the children are in the developmental stages and where things should happen um, according to the curriculum. And then we can like unpick those sort of areas and see how they work but I need the rationale behind it. So some of those things I can develop and change and say, well, this might work better because this is how I operate. Um, and so that's what I've been doing. So at Sandy Hill, our learning environment is set out with the early excellence furniture and we're very well resourced here. We're very lucky. Um, and our aim really then with that is to support the children's ability to regulate their thoughts and all their feelings and their emotions whilst they're pursuing all of these activities. They're not activities that are spread around the edge of the room. They're all integrated in between everything. You you know, you have to navigate around every sort of area in our nursery. And then that whilst they're pursuing these activities, then, you know, we can help these children to exercise their perseverance, their determination. So all of these things, I'm looking at how all of these resources can sort of help with those. And my mind's going all the time as like, right, well, can I change that? Can I move that? Because the children are running in this area from this role play to this section. And how do I just break that little run? And, or maybe I can just move a cupboard there and we can make a little area there. And just those little things that I've noticed that maybe I'm not managing, you know, they're running around or effectively. And so from in the meantime, while I'm learning how to do that or what I can put in place, let's just move that and put a physical barrier there. And it's just all adapting as we go every day, changing to what the children yeah. are looking for and what they what they need. It's really interesting. What you're basically what you're saying is you're making it your own, aren't you? You're you're not just taking over from somebody else and carrying out what they've been doing without knowing the why behind it. And that's I think that's right. really helpful. And, you it's know, really, amazing. Really healthy, it's, it is healthy because it's always good for us to reflect on everything we do, whether it's in work or home or anything. And so it's really, for me, 
I just like to know why something is happening. And if I don't know, I'd like to understand. And, you know, there's a really solid foundation of um, resources and um, planning already set up. And so we don't need to redo that, but I still need to be able to change how I work and how these roadmaps help me as well. So we can just adapt and move along as yes. we go. Yeah, yeah. I think and I think that's really healthy that you as a as somebody there as the, as the teacher in the nursery, you need to be able to talk through the practice and make sense yes. of it yourself. Yes. And kind of own it really. And you can't do that if you're just carrying out what somebody else has told you to do because that's what's worked for them. Exactly. It kind of has to be something that that works for you and you you understand it really. Exactly. You understand the reasoning of it even mm. if it's a journey. You exactly. kind of understand actually the you know the process within it. And you're questioning right. it and wondering about it. Now it's really interesting. It's it's interesting what you were saying about also that that kind of watching the children and how they respond to the environment. Because you're absolutely right. You know, you you might see children say running within the space, and mm. it's if that is happening, uh, as I often say to people, there's no point really just standing there every day and telling the children to stop running. No, there's really not. no point sounding like a stuck record saying yeah. stop running how many mm -hmm. times have i told you stop running mm -hmm. because whilst you're saying that something else is giving them a stronger message that says run and that yes. is the environment so that's the space okay. there where if you know if there's a big long corridor or whatever it might be that's basically saying go for it run exactly. you know, the space in front of them is inviting them to run mm -hmm. and so if you're going to just stand there and say stop running you, you're kind of you're kind of wasting your time. We've got yeah. to change really the the way that that space is in front of them. So we've got to slow them down a little bit, which is what, of course, what you were saying that actually mm -hmm. you can you can add a piece of furniture here or there, something gently, um, kind of slowing the children down really from space to space. Absolutely, yeah. We're um, we're looking at people that help us um, as an, like an overriding topic at the moment, and we have the police costumes out, and so we have lots of cops and robbers and things like that going on, and which has encouraged the the running around, and mm. you know, there's a lot of speed involved, and. Although you want them to explore that as well, it's you know can't always be safe um, inside, and so it was just for me. Right, let's let's change the space. Let's direct the children um, differently, and then let's get some different vocabulary in there so that we can then encourage some different areas to explore because there's a lot more that police can do to help and. You know, and now we've we've made a big tree, and now there's a cat stuck up the tree, and now they're dressing up as. So we're just trying to, you know, encourage um, their thoughts and their processes, and trying to foster their like independence to find a different way <laughs> and, and stop the running. <laughs> yes. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, it's all part of that process, isn't it? Mm, all absolutely. part of that learning process. Okay. Um, you you mentioned that you did uh, a PGCE. So you mm -hmm. trained uh, do it on a, on a PGC course, which presumably that's a year or just under a year. Yeah, it's a year. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So having done the, your PGC, I was going to ask you, was there anything kind of as you started that you wish you'd known? So kind of almost sort of, is there something as part of the course or in the lead up to you starting your new role in September that you thought, oh, I wish I'd known this? Oh, God, but there's so much because I think when I first started interviewing and then thinking about, gosh, you know, I've done this now and I really need to be thinking about working, I don't think you realise – I think you, you come out or I came out of my PGC thinking, yeah, I know how to teach, I can, I can do that. Little did I know that it is so very different. But – that you know they give you the bones of everything and that is important i think for me i wish i had more understanding of the curriculum itself um again it, it's words on a document and you can read it and you can know you can read it and but 
putting that in place gives you a completely different context. You can read those sentences completely differently after your first day of practice. And then after your first half term of practice, you could go back and read them and then you would interpret them differently again. And so I kind of wish I had more opportunity, I think, to spend on the curriculum during my PGCE. Mm to revisit it it's you know we we go back to it and say yes we're going to link everything to the curriculum you're going to deliver it you're going to do this but um i would have liked yeah i would have liked yeah. to got into the nitty gritty of the rationale again behind the curriculum and the thoughts behind it and how that is implemented differently yes um yeah, yeah. we had our two placements which are very very different but Having a key stage two placement, if I had a second key stage two placement, I suppose then you can see what they've pulled or where they're interpreting things differently. Yes, you can see um, it in more depth, probably. Yeah. It's tricky, isn't it? In the, it is that balance. It's a bit like you were saying that to a certain extent, they teach you the bones of it, and then you need the experience in order to make sense of it. That's and you right. can't, you haven't, at the point when you learn it on the PGCE, you haven't got the experience to know what, you know, how does that make sense to me? You know, mm. how, what does that look like in context? I haven't, yeah. got, I haven't got the experience yet. And so, and certainly in, in my experiences, I, I also did a PGCE many years ago now. Um, I found that I learned such a lot in the first, well, uh, for many years, but so it's a, certainly a lot within the first two or three years. You know, it was a huge process of development of of watching and listening and kind of uh, of tuning into what children are doing, really yeah. getting to know a lot more about child development because that's mm. that's crucial, I think, it's particularly true. when working in the early years. Mm. An understanding of child development mm. is such a you know a massive thing that again, whilst the course would have touched on that, you know, my, the PGC, PGCE course. It wouldn't, you know, you, there's, you can't possibly do it in enough depth. No. To the no. way that actually you would want it to be um, in order to influence your teaching. And yeah, I, yeah I, I think that understanding of child development is huge, isn't it? It is a, it is a huge, huge thing. And so, yeah, I, I do wish I had some, some more knowledge in, in that area. Also, um, what I, I found I didn't have really any knowledge of before it coming out is um anything outside of um so your class so we touched on like uh, SEN um and all of those sort of things we didn't really touch on EAL um or anything like that so I think I would have liked to have explored um well just like Makaton just a simple just something simple that could have happened before i didn't even think about doing those things before mm. um and i really wish i had makaton um yes. the very first day i started i was like how do i i, I how do i communicate I, I that i have no way of actually communicating with um these children in particular and and so that was i would have really liked something other than my voice to yes. be able to communicate yes yeah and and i think most people who work in in a nursery i think they come to that same conclusion that mm. actually there's only you when you're talking you've only really got your voice to a certain mm. extent when you first start out yes and you start to learn different ways of engaging with children and communicating with children partly makaton but also kind of body language, yes, the way silence. you position yourself, yes. being silent, being alongside yeah. children, mirroring, copying mm. what they're doing, you know, showing them that actually that you are watching what they're doing and that you value what they're doing. There's so many different ways of communicating with young children yeah. that is not just about using your voice. So, and yeah, with communication and language being such a huge part of EYF as well, I think it'd be really nice for communication and language to be quite a big part in the PGCE yes. of, of exploring lots of different ways um, yeah. for your own practice for forward, th moving forward with communication and language. Um, 
just exploring yeah. that. That would have really, really helped me. Definitely on the first day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then uh, kind of as a follow-up question, really, um, I was going to ask you about advice. Has the, have you been given advice since you started? And, and what was the best piece of advice you've been given? Gosh, well, um, I've, like I said before, I've had such, I've got such a great team um, around me. Um, and I know you said earlier, sometimes in the nursery, it can be quite isolating, but I've been so fortunate that our we have such a close-knit team. But I just remember uh, my EYFS lead um, saying to me, reflect, question, and talk constantly to every adult that you come in contact with. Just uh, question and reflect all the time and just we just talk all the time. So if we're passing, we're, we're you know, talking about how the day's gone, talking about every child, I can confidently say that just because my UFIS lead is not in my class all the time, that if I mention a child's name, she knows that child because of the conversations we have every day. At the end of the day, we debrief constantly in our team um and just ask how our day's gone and then each one of us knows each child in the class we c- i i would know my eyfs reception teacher is talking about a particular child because we've had the conversations and i think that was the best bit of advice i've had is yeah. just keep yeah. talking keep talking and i think there is something really special about um, particularly a nursery team who kind of go through it together. You know, it's it's because it's hard, you know, working in nursery, of course, is really hard work. You know, it's it's physically exhausting, it's it's mentally exhausting, you know, and emotionally as well. It's hard, hard work. And I think, but what it does do is it really pushes people together and you become this very close network, a close team. where Where it is possible to have that time at the end of a session to talk about, how it's gone, you know, in terms of debriefing, you know, it's useful in terms of kind of de-stressing as well and and so on. But it's also really valuable in terms of those meetings, really, that often can be just informal chats, actually often form a strong basis for planning for what we might do next. So somebody might say, well, have you noticed that little group over there? They keep going back over to the water area and they Mm -hmm. keep doing this. So we've got to... They're really interested in whatever this aspect is. So we've got to show them this tomorrow. I'll bring mm. something in and I'll show them. Or we've got to show them a video clip of this. They'll they'll find this amazing. Or whatever, you know, whatever it might be. And I think that level of planning, that level of short-term planning based on something which is very much bespoke and tailor-made to the children who are there in this moment in the classroom. I think that's really powerful and really important. You know, we, we do, as you mentioned earlier, we have a, generally we have a, a plan in place, a kind of a, a, a curriculum plan. We have a, an overview of kind of what we want to teach the children. We've got a, a plan of maybe a, a project or a topic or whatever it might be. But it's also important that we have the, like you say, the kind of the, the ability to talk about what we've seen and to be able to move forward with it as well. And the flexibility to do that. It is really important. So all of those interactions with your team and the wider EYFS team around you, they are the planning. All of those conversations is your day-to-day planning. It's what we're going to be doing next. It's what we're going to be doing in the next session, or it's what we're going to be doing, you know, this afternoon. All of those conversations sort of influence that all the time and you know and we it could be right now something's not working okay well let's just figure this out and let's take these children off and you go and 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 try something different because their interests aren't here and and so we need to adapt and move all the time and like you said we do have a a long-term plan that we we try our best to um, move along with but again, if it doesn't work, we can revisit that in, you know, some sh- more scheduled planning time. And, you know, and that's what our PPA and things like that is for. So it is really, for me as well, it's been really important to be able to 
constantly move our plan in and constantly rejig things um, mm. because I'm learning as well what works and what doesn't work. And then also what works now with this cohort isn't going to work with the next cohort as I'm finding right now because I had all my September starters in and now I have January starters. So, you know, even though they're very similar in age, these children are going to be with us for five terms now. And so, what worked in September for those children doesn't work for these children. And especially with, even with the early excellence, you know, we at the beginning of the year, you strip everything back and we teach everything. But then these children have been in for a whole term and they have a few things out and then you have new children in and it's like, okay, what do we do now? Because we should be stripped back. We can't strip back because we've got all these children. How do we do that? How do we navigate that? And so, you know, as we have a really good team and a strong team in, we can adapt that really quickly and just say, okay, well, we can use our children to model and, you know, and, oh, you know, this child knows how to use their glue sticks. How about we sit with them and we learn how they are doing and get your children to interact and so that we haven't got to strip these areas right back, but we're still then also teaching these new children as if it were stripped right back. So yes. That, yes. that adaption has been absolute key to yes. navigating these last couple of weeks of yeah, new sure. children. That is, I think, <clears throat> the the most challenging thing about working in, in nursery is not that the children are really young, because of course they are. The really challenging thing is the constant new new groups of children coming in just mm -hmm. as you've got the last lot of children just settled. Yes. And so you're constantly sort of having an eye on actually the children who are now having been with us for a term or maybe two terms, whilst also thinking, well, actually, what about the group of children who are coming in or they've just started? Mm. And how do we make sure that we don't end up with um, children who who are missing out in terms of their induction because they're joining halfway through the year? That's right. So, so, you know, if you imagine sort of in September, the children in September who are new, they get generally quite a lot of attention. You know, we mm -hmm. take them through the different areas. We show them how to use the resources. We do all of these sorts of things. Whereas actually, if they start in January or if they start maybe after Easter, actually they might not get that amount of time with somebody. And you've got to be careful that actually they don't kind of get lost Exactly. The they don't get that adult mm. time, um, mm. admittedly. However, they have something that those September don't have, and they have, you know, the resource of the children that are already yes. here. And yes. so they have that extra um, commodity as such, really, because they have, you know, almost, you know, 20, 25 other children that can show them instead of the one adult. And so as an adult, we have modelled that to these children and on on a whole, they're modelling and using those things in the way they've been shown. And so that trust that we've built up, you know, we can now trust them to model yes. that beautifully for our new children Absolutely. as well. Um, and then you can kind of like, I found you can almost take a little step back and let those conversations happen then between the old children and the newer children. And you can hear all that you have been chanting all of this time <laughs> and you can see the little mini teachers in all of those children that are um, role playing out and we use it like this and we hold the scissors like this and it's been absolutely delightful um, having those children and having you know the asset of the of the yes. cohort that is already in yeah absolutely and that's why of course that it's it's never time wasted it's always you know a really good use of mm. time a really important use of time to really be spending time modeling scaffolding yeah. supporting introducing the areas of provision to the children early on in the year because mm -hmm. actually if you do it well they will be the children that help you later on in the year when you've got newer children coming into an area which potentially is already quite busy yes and so so yeah it's always time well spent i think and always important to to really to to to, to give that time to 
um, supporting children who are new. Yes. Yeah. Now, important stuff. It's important stuff. You know, I was going to ask you um, basically about um, about your practice and how it's developed across the year. But actually, from what you've already said, it sounds mm-hmm. it sounds like actually you've already given mm-hmm. us such a lot. You know, uh, you know, it, it's hard to pinpoint a specific thing because actually you've already talked about so many things that you're reflecting on, so many things that you're considering, so many things that you've thought about as kind of as you've gone through, even just a you know, basically, you've had one term. Just had one but, term. It's been a but, whirlwind, gosh, but it's been yeah. amazing, absolutely amazing. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. But I, I, I'm so impressed at how reflective you are. You know, at this early stage of your teaching career, I really just, am. You know, genuinely, I'm not just saying that. I think you know, you are you're really thinking through. You're not getting. It sounds like you're not getting bogged down by the sorts of the day to day stuff, but you are actually really thinking about kind of why you would do things, you know, the reflecting on the uh, what the children need, reflecting on not just sort of carrying out the planning, but actually, well, why are we doing this? And can we be flexible enough to meet the needs of the children? Absolutely. Yeah, I know I'm really, genuinely really impressed. Thank you. Yeah, no, it sounds great. It really does. And, and then the other thing I was going to ask you was um, basically what next? You know, so because uh, I feel like I want to let you go. There's uh, I feel like what's I'm, next. I'm aware that this is part of your... This will be, I'm sure, part of your planning time that you've got no, time it's out. All of the, good. It's all good. It's all good. So I don't want to use up too much of your time. No. But you know, what's next? You know, oh. what, have, have you thought about kind of the rest? Yeah, of Yeah, we year have lots. So much on the horizon. There's so much we want to do. So um, I think um, from my own personal development, I'm going to be doing some walkthroughs of um, reception in year one. So I can understand, you know, where literacy starts in reception. So where I need to be ending, because yeah, it's all very well doing all of these things every day, but I have a point to to reach. So I'd like to see that and see what it looks like in reception, Um, and then through there as well onto year one. I want to, you know, just see where that Mm. how that progression happens, and then. Same with the phonics as well. I want to see how that looks. So we're going to be doing some walkthroughs and we're also going to have a look at some focus sort of vocabulary in our um, areas to enhance all of those areas. So having overriding topic just so that I can get the staff to hone in on those children and I can just put a couple of names up and say let's focus just on this little bit of the curriculum and you know and this bit of vocabulary because I'm not seeing that and you know I'm trying and encourage that out to amuse some children on so that's where I am at the moment and um, hopefully develop some of our outdoor areas in the summer get some plants growing and things so yeah i mean the other thing that links with what you were just saying is that it strikes me as well that you're very in terms of you and your role you're very useful to the rest of the the staff team as well in that well well of course you are but you see what i mean in that Mm. you know you were saying that actually you want to go and find out about what happens next in reception and what mm. that then looks like in year one in terms of the practice and that exactly. progression. But of course, the, the opposite is true mm. in that actually we can look in the other direction and year, your year two teacher or your year one teacher or your reception teacher, they need to know what, the, what does the start of the journey look like? What does it look like when those children come in in the nursery at three? What yeah. does literacy look like? What does communication yeah. and language look like? What do mathematical skills look That's like? Right. What do, what are the the prime areas of learning? What do they look like at the start of the journey? They're right at the very start of the journey when these children first come in. We and, can have another layer then of rationale for them as well, yes. just to so that they can just have that little bit more depth on where you know what that line in the curriculum means to them um, yeah. and where it's come from as a as yes. suppose from nursery yeah. so yeah definitely yeah and of course beyond a, that so not yeah. just a reception or year one year two but also you know your year six staff or your maths coordinator or That's whoever right. it might be within the school actually everybody needs to have an understanding of that whole school and we do yeah we're very lucky here we have all all the leads they start from nursery when they do their work throughs um, and see what it looks like here so great it definitely helps having a whole school approach yeah it sounds like you're in a really good place 
I have to say. It really does. It sounds like, you know, we are, that, yeah, I mean, from their point of view, they've employed the right person, without a doubt. You know, you, you, from what you've said already, so early on in your teaching career, working in nursery, you know, I can, yeah, I, I'm sure that actually you, you, your, your, teaching pra- your teaching practice as a whole is going to develop and build, you know, you've got such a strong starting point to build on. But also, I think in terms of you within the school, you're clearly, you, you clearly fit into the team, you know, the, both the nursery team and the whole school team, you know, as a valued member of, of both the smaller team and the bigger team. And that, yeah, you're, you're in the right place there. We have a good team and we yeah. have a supportive team. And that does make a massive difference um, when you're starting out in any job, in, in any job, um, and especially in teaching when you need a strong team around you. And so we are yeah. incredibly yeah. lucky at Sandy Hill. Just finally, before I let you go, I'm going to have to ask you, I hadn't planned on asking you this, but I didn't, I didn't know that you'd previously been a plumber. You mentioned that you were a plumber at the start. Okay, that was your previous okay, career. Okay, go for it. Hit okay. me. Has there, been, has there been a time in nursery or in school so far where you've had to call on your plumbing skills? Yes. <laughs> I'm worried now that you're going to tell me something pretty good. Oh, grim, my Yes, no, we have. We've had you. two floods in nursery so far. So <laughs> over the summer holidays, we started and we had a huge flood um, in the nursery. So we had a boiler, a big boiler leak. And then um, recently, uh, after the half term, another boiler. We'll have two boilers in there and both of them have gone. <laughs> so. And are you like, yeah. presumably you're the go-to person. As soon as anything like that happens, yeah. let's go, well, go and get Sarah. Yeah. Sarah, Sarah. Sarah. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but it's, it's good to keep your finger in lots of pies. Absolutely, absolutely. I can certainly teach the children a bit of plumbing. It'll be fine. Yeah, <laughs> what, yeah what a skill to have. What absolutely skill sarah thank you so much for joining thank us um, so better much let you go, but thank you so much you've been Brilliant. absolutely fab and yeah. it would be great to catch up with you maybe in the future and see sort of later on um, yeah, how, yeah, you, you know, how you built on on this brilliant start yeah, yeah and thank you so much for joining us it's been fab thank you so much for having me So there you go. Thank you very much to Sarah for joining us for this week's episode of the podcast. I hope you found all of our conversations and our discussions useful. Um, That's about it for this week, everybody. Have a good week and we'll see you next time.